Good day to you. We have a lot for you on today's show. My name is William Stringer. I'm the producer. I'm Chef Jonathan Fraser. And today we're talking about careers in the food industry. And this is the Edible Valley Podcast. Do you ever wonder where your food comes from? That's what got us started on this adventure. In each episode, we ask experts to weigh in on the food topics that matter to you. From growers, to producers, to chefs. And I challenge John, Darren, and you to learn more about your food and the stories behind it. From our hub on Vancouver Island in the beautiful Comox Valley, join us as we explore our edible valley. Well, hello to you. Welcome to episode. What is it? What, is, what episode? We are at. I believe we are at two seventeen. <laughs> two seventeen. I know it's flying by. Eh? You know, a lot of time when I tell people, "Hey, I do a podcast," kind of drop it into conversation. Uh, yeah, it's been going for twelve years. You've been doing it for no, actually. You know, this guy across the, <laughs> he started it years ago. I got twelve years in on this. I mean, we haven't done a hundred shows every every year, but we're definitely working on it. So. Uh, Let's just continue. Honestly, right. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're looking at making ourselves as slick as possible so you can listen to it and go, yeah. wow. And, and I'm a, still the chef of a restaurant, so I constantly have yeah, constantly. emails and bing, texts, bing, 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 and I'm bing, bing, like, bing. turn everything off. <laughs> uh, it's amazing how staff are always f- texting you going, oh, can I come in for this? Or this is happening. So this is my life now. <laughs> you know, um, so I don't know if I should say this. You know that the, the, the chef, uh, the owner, and the legend of Atlas Cafe, Mr. Trent McIntyre. He is currently residing temporarily on a holiday basis in the country of Mexico. Oh. Having a good time. And oh. I, I, absolutely, I love Trent. So I, yeah. I texted him yesterday. I was like, uh, Trent, is there any tomato in the enchilada? <laughs> No reply. Oh. <laughs> He's enjoying himself. He's enjoying yeah, himself. Yeah, I know exactly what he did with that. Delete. <laughs> <laughs> Delete. Uh, okay, so we've got a lot for you in today's show. We are talking about, well, introduce it, John. Well, you know, this one, uh, this is going back to my chef series that I've been working on for the last, oh God, two years now. So and whenever I get a chance to sit down and I just want to talk about the industry and what it's like to work in the industry. Uh, and we've done a bunch of things like talked about different schooling and techniques on that and just uh, just a little bit about the industry itself. And so I just thought, let's talk a little bit about the positions in that are available for cooks, yeah. maybe a little bit about some wages and stuff yeah. like that, what training you need for that, and then where you can work in the industry because it's a huge broad area it to is. work in, right? Well, I, I had a look at the list, I had a little sneaky peek at the iPad, and there are actually a lot of places you can work in in a chef. You just think, oh, well, I'll be a chef in a restaurant. And it's like, it's not that at all, actually. There, If you are this type of person, if you're that type of person, it's almost like there's even, I'm not a chef, but even if I was a chef, there'd be the place for me to do it. There's so many. So it, should we just hit the list? It's just, it's a huge list, right? So yeah. we're talking about, yeah, the food industry. And so we're talking everywhere from institutional places. So yeah. like hospitals and such to all the way to your hotels, resorts, mm. you know, your, your exclusive little places out in the, out in the middle of nowhere. Right. I mean, they're all going to have something going for them. I'm thinking like a hospital. If you're, if you're like, well, I just want to have my podcast playing in the background or the radio in the background. I want to get on with it. I want to do it. I want to do a good job, but I don't want to be oh, table two sent this back. Cause I don't think they're, and whatever is cooked 
the correct temperature. Well, let's face it, they're not going to do that in a hospital. They're going to appreciate a nice hot meal. So you're going to be doing something good, but you're not dealing with that stuff. If that sort of person... That will work really well for you. Yeah, and it's it's definitely if you're into line cooking or if you're into batch cooking or mm. family style food, right? Like there's a huge difference and some people strive at different things. I know myself, uh, I love line cooking. Right. <clears throat> I love being on the line. I love the adrenaline. I love the rush. I love the teamwork that comes with being on a line. Yeah. You know, with the printers going off and I know yeah. it's a nightmare. Every chef who... It's a game though, isn't it? Every chef that out there has had that dream where he wakes up and the printer just keeps going. It's just <laughs> and you're just pulling off and you're like hamburger or steak for this table, seafood for this one. And you're just like, and you just can't catch up and you just, you step back and you just watch this printer tape just rolling onto the ground. And, and <laughs> well, it, it's an absolute nightmare, but on the, that's, that's the nightmare. But the reality is, is just being involved in that and being able to push that out. And then the, the sense of accomplishment yeah. after finishing that yeah. huge list of everyone and making people happy is well. Like let's incredible. let's start with that, shall we? Should we start with that one? Should we start with that line one? Co- line we'll go in I'll just jump straight into that one. Okay, so Will, we wanted to talk about some of the positions in the kitchen. So Absolutely, we're talking yeah. about the printer going off. So that <laughs> is definitely a line cook. Uh, now, line cook's primary uh, duty is to ensure the quality of the meal and to place the meals up to the servers to go out to the to the restaurant. Um, so a lot of them is having all their mise en place in front of them uh, and preparing to order what what's to go out. Uh, it's uh, I was looking at a, an average is around 1833 an hour. Okay. For, for the industry is sort of what uh, I'm just going by a list that I saw in Indeed mm. for what what right now is, is going out there. Uh, and this typically you need to have um, sort of experiences is, is basically having a lot of some culinary school behind you to be in this mm. position. Uh, a lot of cooks start off in the bottom sort of doing the salad side garden measure uh, and then working their way up to like a fry cook or um, a rotisserie cook or any one of those saucier. And are they, are they bringing in tips and things like that typically to top up their wage? Uh, yeah, definitely. So I know a lot of restaurants work with um, the, uh, the servers who collect the tips. They pay out, and you should know this well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that when you do your serving at the end of the day, you pay out the kitchen yeah. uh, percentage of the tip, and then that tip is divided amongst the kitchen staff yeah. and okay. actually all floor staff that are, are non non-servers so so let's do some positives and negatives on that uh so yeah positive things about being a line chef being a line cook is um the adrenaline rush working with a team and being part of that team right like it's a great great opportunity uh it's also uh some of the great positive things about that you get to prepare really beautiful food Right. Mm-hmm. Like a lot yeah. of that, it's not just, you know, a lot of it's about your presentation and being able to have control of your final product and putting it in the window before it goes out to a person. As so. a, yeah. As a head chef, are you essentially assembling the various different components that have been cooked by the other line cooks? Pretty well, pretty much. That's a, yeah. I mean, that's, that's what cooking is. is basically yeah, it sounds assembly. easy, but I get that it's not. <laughs> yeah. Where I'm just like, it's assembly. It's, but I mean, that's what you're doing is yeah. you want to have everything together. That's why we say mise en place. Yeah. And then you're basically assembling dishes to mm. send out. So that's like a pasta, having all your yeah. all your ingredients there in front of you and 
throwing them in at the right time yeah. to combine them to send that out. And you're shouting, right? Is that done? Is that how's that coming along? And yeah, there's the the pass through yeah. the through the the kitchen of you do this, you do this. Yeah. Is this coming? And it's all about timing, right? Okay. So that's that's it. Uh, it is very stressful. Mm. I will give you that for yeah. one thing. For line cooking is probably the most stressful part of cooking because everything is down to the second, right? Yeah. Everything is down to the minute and it's about hustle yeah. and getting it up because people don't understand why things take so long as they do. Yeah. <laughs> and a negative and a positive is having to rely on the team. So I imagine when you've got everyone working really well, you're fully staffed and everyone's fully trained, it's like an absolute dream. You're like, wow, I'm sitting pretty because everyone's calling back, yes, chef, and no, chef, and you know when everything's coming, but what if so-and-so had an argument with his partner last night and he, he didn't come into work or you know, you're, you're looking for a new this, that, or the other? then that must be a massive negative because suddenly a crucial part of your team is gone. Yes, that's it. It's, you're very dependent on everyone around you. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. So line cooking is a beautiful one. Now, the one step down from that, we should just, and it shouldn't say a step down, uh, but prep cooking, which is right. something that a lot of line cooks do beforehand. Okay. But there's also people that are just signed in the kitchen that are prep cooks. Uh, usually pays a little bit less on the salary. Um, saying Indeed says here about seventeen seventy one is an average. Mm. So that's an average. There's places that pay a lot more and there's okay. places that pay a little bit less, yeah. you know. Uh, and prep cook is basically your introduction into the kitchen. Uh, although I find I'm a prep cook most of the time in my own kitchen here uh, because I'm spending a lot of my time in the back assembling the dishes to be ready for right. for the line cooks to be able to present. Uh, and so, yeah, it's a lot of typically, um, yeah, putting together all your ingredients, making your stocks, your sauces, your soups, yeah. having that stuff already. I, I actually, back in the day, I did a bit of prep cooking in Kingston, Ontario in Shea Piggy and absolutely loved it. It was amazing how much went into absolutely everything. I believe you were my prep cook too when we did the Lush Valley um, uh, emergency hot meal program. Yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good at that point. But yeah, that was our pandemic job, wasn't it? That was right. We were keeping the world going. Oh, that was amazing. Uh, um, okay, let's move on. Well, let's talk about next is the most important person. No, it's not the most important person. <laughs> the, uh, uh, the owner of the restaurant. The, yeah, no, <laughs> the uh, the customer. Uh, <laughs> no, nice. actually, what the most is the chef. Yeah. And so this is depending on what industry you are. We There's always a chef, and the chef is the chief of the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. That is the person in charge. Uh, a lot of people like throwing down the executive chef position. I may throw that down there sometimes because, hey, I sit in the office sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's basically a chef with a computer as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so you've heard executive chef, head chef, chef de parte. Yeah, yeah. Um, and basically, that's the person who is is the overall person running the kitchen okay, yeah so they're making sure that the schedule is done the orders are in you know the menus yeah. are created the costing is done uh yeah a lot of the executive chefs or head chefs uh or as when i was the wasn't the owner here at locals uh i worked online 90 percent of the time so it was i was a line cook as well as as a chef and i still line cook here quite a bit so yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it's literally just being in every position and making sure everything goes smooth. Is it something that that that, uh, that executive chef should be hit, hitting all the jobs at some point? So I've done dish pit, I've done this, I've done that. And are they continuing that? Well, or? and a lot of them are, are well-educated, you know, have had a lot of formal training 
uh, mm. in the industry. I mean, a lot of executive chefs may have their CCC, which is the chef de cuisine okay. certificate. Uh, like in your big resorts, a lot of those guys are, you know, they're office guys. What is chef de cuisine? I've never heard that. Chef de cuisine? Yeah. Uh, it is a, it's a basically a, a degree in cooking. Okay. Sort of the next after you do your red seal wow, in cooking, so. it's the next level up. It's a, a very intense. You're a lot of management, a lot of cooking principles and costing. And I've never heard of that. Why, and why are all the? I'm just going to chuck these out. Why are all they're all French? Uh, it's because the whole brigade system comes from French, and okay. that's how our restaurants are all based around is yeah. the brigade system, and that's something I'm totally going to get into next. But, Absolutely, you know, like it's it's a system that is designed that you everyone has their position, and yeah. so it's like the military, right? Yeah. And the military works well because of how the military. Some people may be arguing with me on this fact, <laughs> <clears throat> but because everyone's given a position, so it works really well in a kitchen yeah. because everyone is doing a position and they're responsible for one part of yeah. the final product. Nice. Uh, so that's why, depending on where you are in the kitchen, and it's a chef's job to manage those positions. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the next one. Well, the next one would be uh, the. Th- the ever thankless sous chef. <laughs> <laughs> the sous chef. Uh, the sous chef. And the sous chef is such an it's, it's such an important part for the chef because the chef can't be there 24-7. Okay. So basically the chef's going to be responsible for those areas within those time periods, which okay. makes life so much easier uh, for me. Uh, I have two sous chefs here at Locals right now. One's responsible for night, one's responsible for the day. Uh, and so they basically take care of different portions of the kitchen so i basically come to them and say this is what i need done from the kitchen and they're responsible for it you know and can a sous chef can that be the end point in a career or are there good things about saying actually that's as far as i want to go it there's any any one of these positions are as far as you want to go it depends on how much responsibility you want okay uh and i always recommend being in one of these positions for a while before you move on i Mm. wish i'd spent more time as a sous chef before i moved on to a chef okay you know and i did get a Get did get a bit of that experience with here at locals, yeah. Just because I had Renault Saint Pierre, who is a, a chef de cuisine, yeah, he's got his CCC, and so having him, who who was the executive chef, he spent mm. he was in the office, he was mm. doing the accounting, he was doing all those aspects yeah. of it, but you know, and I could focus on managing the kitchen. And if I was ever had the one of those things, like, I don't know what to do here. <laughs> that's there it. was always this guiding hand. Yeah. And I still have that hand out there too, that I, it's, it's just now a quick phone call instead of walking yeah, that's into important. the office. So, and I guess a good thing for the, uh, for the sous chefs is that one of them gets to say, well, I don't work nights, which is amazing in a restaurant. And the other one gets to say, well, I get all the day to myself and then I work at night. So that, that actually can be a really good thing. If you've got a family or if you've got, a, maybe you're setting up another business. I know at the, moment in the atlas there's a sous chef that's setting up a business he's an amazing chef and he's just doing all of it at the same time yeah and no and that's it and that's it like you you get to you get a bit of picking your time yeah Uh, i mean it's a bit of thankless industry because you're usually working when everyone else isn't working but on the flip side of that you have free time to do when everyone else isn't working Mm. like i've always enjoyed the fact in my career that if i need to go to a bank I have the morning to go to the bank or if yeah. I need to make an appointment, I have the morning to have an appointment before I go into work. So yeah. <laughs> there's, there's some pros and cons to everything. For sure. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's move on to the next. Uh, I was thinking pastry, uh, pastry cook. Everyone loves a pastry cook. Yes. And so that's sort of <laughs> entry level into the, the pastry chef world. Uh, as you can see, we're going into a stepping thing. Yeah. And this is someone who's just, who really likes to work with 
you know, pastries and, and it's baking, right? So that's what you're getting into learning about cake making. You're learning about sauces, like sweet sauces. Um, so when you go into a restaurant, how often is, and this is a wide question, your dessert going to be made by a pastry chef in-house? Uh, that is a, a very, the problem is pastry chefs are very expensive. Yeah. And so you don't have the luxury most places don't have the luxury of a pastry chef. Right. Uh, I mean, at Atlas, we had, we had, we called the the baker. Yeah. And we had Sheila for years. Oh, was yeah. <clears throat> absolutely the most Amazing. wonderful yeah. evil person I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless her. I saw her this week. She's Did looking you? so well. Yeah. Uh, she is um, one of my favorite people in the world, but don't cross her. Maybe that's the thing with all pastry strong chefs. Strong woman. Very. You've got to love a strong woman. Very, very. And she was yeah. very, she was, she did, she would never be a, pa- she never allow herself to be called a pastry chef. Yeah. She was like, I'm the baker. Yeah. And she would do all the desserts for Atlas, now, which was amazing. Yeah. And I will say Atlas to this day, uh, we may not have a specifically delegate, delegated um, pastry chef, but we do make all of our desserts in, in-house. I still have an in with the Atlas. I love it there. And yeah, they're all made in-house. Yeah. Yeah, and and well, we're here with locals. I do. I have luckily. I have the most amazing pastry chef in the world, Rhonda, who is she is world renowned. Let's just call her that. She's (laughs) she's absolutely top notch. Uh, I mean, she spent her career in Vancouver and basically retired. Not, I wouldn't say retired, but she just moved to get away from the hustle and bustle of the city. And she's just an outdoorsy person, and just. And she just does amazing desserts and she knows how to do everything. And she's done the extreme end of pastry chefing where you're coming in first thing in the morning and leaving last thing at night yeah, because yeah. you're the, you've got to get all your desserts prepped for the day and all your bread's done and all your pastry's done. And then service comes and then you've got, of course, desserts the last dish of the day. So you've got to put all those together. So, <laughs> wow. So um, it's a bit of a, bit of a, a, a an intense tense thing but if you love pastries and you love creating food yeah. it's one of the best and if you're going into say a franchise place is that likely that they're brought in there there's a lot more places that are brought in and yeah. so they'll it'll probably be one of the line cooks that presents the desserts as in at locals mm. most of our desserts are done by our line cooks okay let's move on to another one well we did our pastry chef our pastry cook i mean we can say baker which yeah. is another uh, another side gig to it, right? Like, well, I mean, you're thinking like in town, hot chocolates, they have a number of bakers, I think. Yes, exactly. They do. Well, yeah, cake bread. So they've yeah. got all their breads done in house and all their pastries, uh, all those good things. And yeah, there is some crossover between pastry chef mm. and and baker, right? Um, so it's, it's always like, there's always so many great treats to go yeah. along with <laughs> that. And so bakers are one of those ones that that's part of an industry that you're getting up early. Yeah. If you're a morning person and yeah. you wake up at like three in the morning, that is the job for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the morning radio show host on, on Jet FM. Exactly. John Varus. Exactly. Yeah, they yeah, are up at the crack of dawn. The crack of dawn and they're full of energy and they're ready to go and they're going to put together some beautiful product. <laughs> so great. that is another great one. So that was kind of funny when they fall back to my, my Atlas thing we're saying about <clears throat> Sheila and and how they still continue it is they have the baker who comes yeah. in in the morning yeah. and does all of that yeah. fresh bread and and all those fresh ingredients like it's just amazing. I yeah. even laughed because I get 
ask people here if I'll do desserts that we used to do back at the Atlas at locals. So that's <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know, especially on the weekends with breakfast, there's someone in there prepping everything from. 4.35 in the morning sometimes. You that's, that's, in there. that's how it goes. Yeah. That's just part of the gig. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's get a little bit out of the the restaurant, or not into, still in kitchens, but like look at banquet cooks. Okay. So that's not line cooking as much. It's more of the assembly of prep cook into the next level. So that's where you're putting more dished items together. And so like think about every great buffet you've ever been to and all that spread and lineup of food. Oh yeah. So that's your your um your uh banquet banquet cook or okay. banquet chef. You know, those guys are the ones that are assembling all those different components to be put out there. Are there any good buffets in this area? I think there's you know what? Buffets took a real kicking. Yeah, they did, didn't Something they? Something happened. I I think it was 2020 that that just threw threw a wrench into everything, (laughs) which really made this industry um, not in a great spot. Actually, it was kind of just because. Yeah, I think like honestly, I think of like cruise ships when I think about banquets and stuff like that because they have like the big ships and it's a great way to cook for a large amount of people i know it's something we've been talking about doing here so if we get a wedding or something like that right yeah that we do a lot of weddings but you know that that it is an option it's a way to to get food to a lot of people Mm. uh, at a fairly you can keep the price down Mm. price point down per customer and yeah, and you can create some beautiful, beautiful food. But there is a definite art and technique to it as well. And working as a banquet chef, what does that look like compared to, say, a line chef in a restaurant? Well, I think you're you still have the uh, the stress that goes along with yeah. it, but you're you're more of creating instead of doing, you know, individual dishes one at a time. Yeah, you're doing in larger batches, so you're doing more presentation or different presentations. So you'd be doing like a whole chafing dish of, of chicken or something like that. So, and I can imagine if it's say a breakfast buffet in a hotel or something, you usually you might have orders and the chits are coming out. Oh my God, I got 20 orders. But if you run out of eggs, and you look out the window and there are three people waiting for eggs and you look out two minutes later and there are 10 people waiting for eggs. (laughs) That must be quite scary. That's a little bit. Yeah. I did a lot of buffets back in my day at the Kingfisher Inn. So we did, I did the Sunday brunch there. And so that was running eggs Benedict and pancakes and we would do sushi boards. We also did this huge seafood buffet, which was literally would take me three days just to prep all the yeah. food for that. And we were doing mirrors and <laughs> tureens and pâtés and all this different crazy wild stuff. And it was, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and a lot of this stuff transfers to other industry cooking places. So like, you know, hospitals and stuff like that where you, you know, they're doing big yeah. batch cookings to yeah. serve to people. Now, we're going to have to return to this because we've got a massive list of things to go through here. But what are some of the the good things and the bad things in terms of salary? Are you paid the same amount? Well, everything's a little bit different, right? So the more responsibility you have in the kitchen, the more money you make. Yeah. And that's what it's going. I'm looking at this like a, a banquet cook as, as average is around 1934. Okay, so there's a little bit more. A little bit more. Yeah, you know, we're looking at a, a baker is about seventeen seventeen dollars and eleven cents an hour. Yeah, uh, what we're looking at a, a an executive chef is about seventy three thousand okay. dollars a year. Nice. Um, yeah, and there's a couple other little fun ones. I, here's another job that I thought was kind of fun. You know, you know, be becoming a um, 
A food tester. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like that one. You know, a that's food it. tester. Yeah. So I actually, that was down. I did a little thing on Jet on the Jet the other day with the, the happiest jobs, and food tester was one of the top five happiest jobs you can do. Teaching assistant, teacher are all in there. Really? But food tester was up there, yes. Yeah, and that's basically, basically you're putting samples together to prepare <laughs> yeah. to find out what works, right? Yeah. So that's a lot. You're doing that more of a commercial situation where yeah, you're yeah, doing yeah. like what's this company doing and we're taking their food and making food out of it uh it, also in the industry we got a food manager right like yeah. and so a lot of their job is just managing food levels within the kitchen uh making sure the service is all gone and make sure the meals are presented and served at the right time right wow yeah, yeah. excellent uh what other great jobs are you know we can be the butchers are always another great thing in the industry right how many yeah. butcher shops are out there and you know some restaurants do have their own butchers in-house well I we mean, were in river cottage in england and they they yeah they butchered everything and they were very they had a tv show called river cottage you can watch right. it and they butchered everything they would put they would hang geese up so you could see them they would uh, have like a giant pig's head on the pass looking out at the restaurant for the pig's head terrine and they ended up stopping doing that because it scared kids <laughs> but the whole point is of course to to bring people in to that process because although you think oh well it's animals and it's scary well it's you're still showing them everything and the, the more of a light that's shined on it the better yeah there is a bit of a disconnect between yeah absolutely where your food comes from and, <laughs> and what goes on the plate right like, now do you want this to roll over into another show is there lots more or oh we definitely have well i think what we're going to do is that i think we can definitely roll into another show that we can talk about some of the places in the industry you can yeah. work so like we're talking hotels hospitals yeah. you know like i would love to know about that i'd love because i who has ever seen a hospital kitchen i can't ever recall seeing the room or the kitchen where all this is made it just pops out mm -hmm. wow and, yeah, yeah and there's there's kitchens out there that just make the product for other kitchens so that's yeah like they're just prep kitchens so there's they call lots. them dark kitchens yes uh, in terms of takeaway when you have the delivery apps that are just delivering food and you actually look up the restaurant doesn't really exist it's called a dark kitchen they've got all the marketing but they're not really there it's just <laughs> in a warehouse somewhere that's awesome that's the way to do it right <laughs> yeah uh, cut down on the expenses of working in the kitchens yeah. all right well that's all we've got time for this week on the edible valley podcast but we are going to get back to that in a fortnight our shows will now run four nightly so i can't wait we're gonna we're gonna go in uh down and dirty in the nicest possible way to the places you can work and what are they like to work in i know i'm so excited about this too we have some great interviews lined up over the next yeah, couple we of weeks we got a bunch of really interesting people to come in and chat with us yeah. Uh, now that we have this beautiful location at Locals Restaurant <laughs> in Courtney. Food, food from the heart of the island. <laughs> there we go. Am I selling it? That's our little advertisement oh, today. Are we going to do that now? Absolutely. And we are We are busy. We've got a new restaurant owner across the table. Darren, where's Darren? We, we don't, oh, bless him. We haven't even mentioned his name. We oh, really miss him. It's been an easy day for us. We so <laughs> no, honestly, it's not the same without Darren. He is busy making sushi this morning. Yeah, he's doing uh, eight catering work today so yeah. he's got a big sushi order going out to a bunch of kids for oh delicious for this lunch hour so he is a busy easy busy
busy guy now and I've never seen anyone work harder than Darren Howlett so that's amazing um, so yeah thank you very much for joining us on this episode of the podcast uh, episode of the Edible Valley podcast episode what was it 117? 117 I believe 117 I am William Stringer radio host on the weekend show at 98.9 Jet FM and almost licensed realtor <laughs> for the province of British Columbia and I'm Chef Jonathan Fraser of Locals Restaurant. And we will catch you in a fortnight. Take it easy. Cheers. And that wraps up another episode of the Edible Valley podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And a special thanks goes to the local businesses that help support our podcast. They make it possible for us to showcase your local food community. We'd love you to follow us on your preferred social media at Edible Valley, where you can check out our blog, find recipes and tips, behind the scenes, and of course, keep a lookout for where we are going to turn up next in your Edible Valley. (laughs) (laughs) We need to be easy with ourselves. So you can always be like, I started the other day saying this is the William Show with Weekend Stringer. <laughs> and, I, and it was actually a voice track for something. I was like, well, should I try that again? Time for my coffee. Uh, and, it, and it, you know, that was, yeah. And this has been an Edible Valley production. Yeah. Beep, 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 beep. Okay. Ready again? <laughs>